Hey, you spooky motherfuckers. This is Kate. Just taking a moment to tell you about studio.com. S-U-D-I-O dot com. I mean, you guys, you're not stupid. So Studio makes really exciting earbuds and headphones. They are truly wireless. They are Bluetooth enabled and truly fantastic. The ones I'm using right now the most are actually the Tray, T-R-E. And that's because, I don't know if you know this, but like I work out and shit now. Don't make a thing of it. It just happens. I have a singular bicep. Anyway, what I like about these, and this is maybe oversharing. I don't, you guys know everything about me anyway. I sweat from my ears first. And so I have literally swamped out headphones before. So these are sweatproof. They have a really exciting little dongle on the top so that they don't slip out of my disgusting, sweaty swamp monster ears. And they have nine and a half hours of battery life. Not that ever in my life I'm going to spend nine-ish hours at the gym. Like I would surely die. But it's a nice thought that maybe someday I can accomplish something great with my life. Anyway, you should check these out. I dare you to buy some. You can pick them up at studio.com, S-U-D-I-O. You can also get 15% off and that's the tits. Use the promo code HAUNTEDHOLIDAYS. Thanks so much, guys. See you in the show. Welcome, spooks and spirits ghouls and ghosts take a seat around the campfire but beware this podcast is haunted (sighs) so hey jen hey how are you i'm i wish i was drunk right now you should be drunk right now Okay, but here's the thing. I can't, right? <laughs> I can't yet. I am so close. What? God damn it. What in the world is holding you back? I, it's like my, okay, so I have like two weeks of the semester left and it's just this week is when everything is due and mm. I had to finish up two papers and a presentation. I had to like present a paper, but you have to like basically rewrite the paper in order to present it so that it's like sounds like English and not like academic writing. And I had to put all that together. And now I'm I'm working on a grant application for a thing that I have to make up. And everything, everything is bad. No, I. That's just, the opposite of what we want. It's a very yeah. stressful situation for you. It is. So, but like that thing is that the grant thing is due tomorrow. So tomorrow night I will be drunk. Yes. That you know what? Get on Skype. I'll drink with you. Okay. Like this is one of those days where I'm like, why am I doing voluntary work on top of all the homework that I have to do? Well, if um, I understand that you are super stressed. There's probably no way you are as stressed as the people in the White House right now. Wow, fucking segue. <laughs> fucking se- Just tight and tidy, trying to get you back to your homework, kid. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> so the White House is a fucking garbage fire, has been for two years. Fun fact. So, okay, we're talking about the White House today, in case you didn't guess. Yeah. Um, I somehow i i tend to kind of forget about i have like two different versions of the white house in my mind where it's like oh here's all the political garbage dumpster fire that i'm stressed about every day yep and then there's the historical white house where which I'm is like, filled oh, with magic it's like a lovely. big fucking museum where also very important things happen it is a big fucking museum thanks to jackie kennedy oh my god NASA's. jackie jackie kennedy was such a fascinating person and her style was amazing and yeah she Mm -hmm. did design most of the white house as it stands currently and it's basically she's basically the reason why they're like why it's a public yeah why it is a public institution and a museum jackie kennedy saw into the future that it wasn't enough that the white house should be a residence and a space for Mm -hmm. offices but also that it was the people's palace Yes. And so it should be open to the public so that because it's their democracy. And mm-hmm. how incredibly for for as much as you know we kind of think of Jackie O as a socialite who got cheated on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know her she she was also a symbol of incredible grace during uh the assassination of her husband and the the numerous affairs that he had before yeah. that. She was a really remarkable figure. And she she's not 
she wasn't just pretty and she wasn't just a designer. She did Mm -hmm. a great deal for our country. And she did it in a way that utilized her talents in a way that benefited the people. Amen. I'm a big fucking fan. God bless. Also, she made the pillbox hat stylish and I love that. Yeah. So, yes, Jackie Kennedy made it all look pretty. We are talking about the White House today. The White House fucking haunted as hell. Yeah. Surprise. And it's like it's like when you search for like haunted places in the US, it's like this is the one where it's like everyone basically everyone around it's like, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, know, everybody it's can haunted. just like agree. And when we say that everyone, we're talking like a bunch of presidents have talked about yeah. it in their official correspondence. Yeah. Uh, we have had White House staffers from interns to press secretaries feel the effects or observe the effects. Secret, uh, The Secret Service has mm-hmm. observed these things. They are so regularly discussed as just a point of fact that it's one of the most agreed upon hauntings in America. Yeah. I think that's a safe, safe thing yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's just so many stories that verify things and back it up. And it's like coming from the president and you're like, oh, all right. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Like (laughs) if we're going to work on the assumption that our presidents are typically not insane. Historically (laughs) smart. I don't know. Some of them. There's there was some rough patches. (laughs) Andrew Jackson. Yeah, we'll get to him later. (laughs) Um, You know what? I. I'm reading Michelle Obama's autobiography, and she says that she's been at the table with almost every powerful leader in the world, mm-hmm. and most of them are not that smart. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> so we're okay. in good hands. Cool. But genuinely, again, a lot of people do agree about these shared paranormal experiences within the White House. It's actually kind of amazing that we haven't covered this before. Yeah, okay, so we talk, we've kind of touched, we've danced around it a couple times because we've talked about different presidents. Right. So there will be some overlap with our, wait, like episode four, the body snatching one, we talked about Lincoln, so there's going to be a little bit of, but it, you know, that was like 40 episodes ago. So. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I never thought we'd be doing this 40 episodes later. I know. Uh, all right, so... Let's get started. Tell us tell us about the White House. Let's start at the very beginning. That's, yep, it's always something. Yep. <laughs> Everybody take a shot for that. Yep. So Washington, D.C. was not going to be the seat of power in our country. It was much more sensible to use the port city of New York which Mm. had population Mm -hmm. and prestige and banks. Uh, Washington, D.C. was fucking swamp. Yep. I mean, it was pretty. It was along the Potomac, but it needed a lot of fucking work. And Mm -hmm. so why would we ever choose that over over New York City? I propose the Potomac. Oh, my God. Jen, you just gave me a woody. (laughs) I was just wondering how long either of us would make it before breaking out into Hamilton lyrics. Oh, uh, on my count, I'm at 8 minutes and 17 seconds. On (laughs) It's probably less than that. So uh, the the position of the White House and the capital city was actually decided in a closed-door session between our boy Alexander Hamilton, Federalist, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the Southern Democrats, Washington, uh, I'm sorry, not Washington, Jefferson and Madison. And in an attempt to centralize federal power, Hamilton gave up the city of New York being the capital to the motherfucking Southern Democrats. <laughs> um, while... Southern motherfucking Democratic there Republicans. We there we go. Those those ones. Um, <laughs> while we're on that subject, uh, I just have to inject a little PSA. I hope everybody out there already knows this, but just in cases you don't, the word Democrat today Mm. means in general somebody who's fairly liberal progressive in the old days before the 1964 voting amendment and and the and the period thereof before the civil rights movement basically democrat was what republican is today yeah for small government overtly bigoted Mm pro-slavery in general yeah 
And if you're talking about economics and like labor, like it can go even further back to the New Deal. So yes, it's like- absolutely. Yes, exactly. When you are hearing us talk and kind of low-key deride Democrats back in the day, understand that the people we are talking about have the values of modern Republicans, okay? Also, when you hear Republicans say, oh, we're the party of Lincoln, tell them to fuck right off. Right. Lincoln would have nothing to do with your bullshit. If, If Abraham Lincoln stood at the border today and saw us tear gassing migrant families as they try and come legally into our country... He would be out there kicking ass and taking names. He would be six foot four, breaking jaws. <laughs> so just remember, yeah. previous to say, yeah, let's let's b- between the New Deal and the nineteen sixty four voting amendment, Democrat meant something different. Yep. So the land was purchased in seventeen ninety one by George Washington from a man named David Burns. Mm. Burns was a pile of dicks. Oh really? <laughs> Dude was an asshole. Do Uh, do go on. According to many people who wrote about him, he was deeply bigoted and disagreeable to most and was considered choleric, choleric. Mm. So he, that meant that he was an angry dick, Mm -hmm. which I, I kind of enjoy. He actually even mocked president of the country, most respected individual in United States history, George Washington, straight to his fucking wooden teeth face. Um, I just have to stop you right yep, there because how fucking myself. dare you? Yep. How dare you? How, they are not, George Washington did not have wooden teeth. What were his yeah. teeth? Oh, just a bag full of nightmares. Uh, <laughs> There is one set of his dentures that is still around today, and it's at Mount Vernon. And please, please do go look it up. Um, I think it's mostly, it's like ivory and like maybe like other people's teeth. Who, I don't Which people know. specifically, Jen? Do you I know? I don't know. I, slaves. It, slaves, Jen. Oh, okay. That's disgusting. And also, they're just held in by like these awful looking metal <laughs> yeah. frames. And it's... George Washington deserved every bite of pain he ever got. As much as I respect him as the leader of our country, he was also a fucking slaver. And uh, I don't have to be nice to him, historically. You know what? He's a complicated man, as is (laughs) basically everyone we're going to talk about today. So So David Burns, big old dick, he mocked Washington to his face, um, and he said, effectively, that George George Washington was a gold-digging whore. (laughs) that's so good yeah now in in burns's defense george washington was a gold yeah washington comes from among us yeah right (laughs) if you have the opportunity ladies and gentlemen to be a gold digging whore let me tell you marry for money love will come and it did for him. It like, did. They did have, uh, by most accounts, a fairly loving marriage, although it was infertile, uh, leaving all of yeah. their things to Bushrod. Oh, God bless Bushrod. Pour one out. Anyway, the the genital interactions of Martha and George notwithstanding, mm. they it, Martha Washington was a Curtis, and she was quite fortunate uh, in the money department. George Washington actually comes from a famed but modest British family. The Washington Estate, which is somewhere in England, actually has a statue of him. And they they have a 4th of July party every year, which... Oh, that is precious. Isn't that adorable? I really want to go party with them because I think they're probably doing it wrong. Like, they probably have, like, lemonade and ice cream on the lawn and it's very cute. And I'm like, no, guys, what you need is Natty Light and sparklers (laughs) and Pop Rocks. (laughs) They might have the red solo cups, though, because that seems to be a thing that everyone knows about us. It's our deepest shame. It's our it's our uh, national cup. What? The red solo cup? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm familiar. Did you know? I'm literally sitting in a room. that I have 40 of them in a drawer right by me. Okay, so it's a thing that and any international listeners, please confirm that when Europeans, for example, want to have like an American themed party, they absolutely must. Like one of the main ingredients is red solo cups. Is that because they can't get guns? No, I mean, I think it's well, because yeah. let me tell you, every American party I've ever been to, <laughs> there's at least one gun. Yeah, they have like all they have like most of the, the standards, but like for 
for their drinkware, they absolutely must have red Solo cups. And it's like a thing. <laughs> that is what they think of us. And you wow. know what? Accurate. Yeah, I would be angry, but they're right. I, I literally, yeah. I'm, you know, we're sitting out in the barn where we host parties and stuff. And there is easily 40-ish red solo cups ready for my next party in the yep. in the drawer of the bureau over here <laughs> they're always red they're always solo cups i mean so <laughs> that's because there's a reason solo cups have measurements <laughs> within them so that you can measure out the correct amount of alcohol that is true that is true <laughs> yeah so like the bottom little part of a red solo cup holds exactly one ounce of liquor the interior part when the cup starts to bend is exactly four ounces for wine. And then the full length of the cup to the indentations at top is 16 ounces of beer. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that's why. Like, it's actually just, like, a really useful design. Just just fucking practical. And yeah. it's plastic, so it's, like, so you know, So we can shit on the earth, and, too. Yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. as Americans, are fucking right. I think they're recyclable, right. though. They are. And... At the risk of sounding incredibly poor, <laughs> you can wash them and rewash them a number of times. If you do it on a very gentle wash in your dishwasher, they're dishwasher safe. Oh my god! Yeah. Plus, okay, where were we? George Washington. George Washington, that son of a bitch. So George Washington was a gold digging whore, and uh, Bur- David Burns called him on it. Now, Burns was a deeply unpleasant man, but he really also wanted to just get a fair price for the land. He owned 700 acres of what is now mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., downtown Washington, D.C., including the White House. Land that literally no one had wanted up until this point. Right. Swampy, <laughs> shitty fucking land. This guy lives in effectively a shack. The only difference between his shack and slaves' quarters was that he allowed himself two chimneys. He had two fireplaces. Oh, fancy. Yeah, that's right. That's how fancy this guy was. It was white, wood-framed, basic, basic accommodations. But he wanted to get a fair price for his land, which is now being craved by the most powerful people in his new country. And at the same time, these same powerful people were all set to exercise eminent domain, which is when the government can kind of low-key come in and steal your property. Uh Uh-huh. And so he was in there being a dick, trying to get money for himself (laughs) and his young daughter. His son had died as a teenager, and his wife had perished a few years after that. So (laughs) he was successful, even though uh, after he insulted George Washington, George Washington refused to ever deal with him directly again. He was given so much money for his land that upon his... And again, he lived very humbly in this little frame house. uh, He was able to leave so much money to his daughter that she was the richest woman in America upon his death. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, (laughs) his story doesn't quite stop there. Mr. Burns is still making himself known. He is actually the oldest of the White House ghosts. Oh, really? People will stand in the Oval Office and they'll hear a sinister whisper drawn out like, I, Mr. Burns. Isn't that ridiculous? That's the dumbest ghost phrase I'm Mr. Burns. Get a life, dude. Get a fucking life, you (laughs) dumb, dumb idiot. (laughs) Oh, get an afterlife, I guess. Is that who the Simpsons, um... I wondered that as well. I couldn't find any evidence backing that up, but it made me wonder. Oh, man. I could just imagine him turning around in the, like, Oval Office chair, just, hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Burns has also shouted that he's Mr. Burns along White House hallways. No, fuck. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was confirmed by White House aides as well as Secret Service members. Oh, my God. But they God. heard somebody shouting, I'm Mr. Burns, in a room he's that like, was completely unoccupied. He's like the federal era version of DJ Collins. <laughs> I'm DJ Khaled. <laughs> All I do is be a dick, dick, dick. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> terrible, oh terrible. All right. Okay, we got to. So that's that's the first part of White House history that I wanted to share with you. Uh-huh. The first president to ever move into the White House was actually John Adams. 
He and his wife, Abigail Adams, moved in. Of course, they were the second president. Well, they were. Um, he was yes, the second they were. president. Stand by it. I need to lay down. You know what? <laughs> I Honestly, we can stand by it. Uh, Abigail, Adams Abigail Adams was very involved politically. She was a great advisor to her husband. He hesitated to make any moves without her consultation. He is a one-term and... Yeah, because he was a... Pile of dicks. No. <laughs> he, I mean, he had his moments. He did have some redeeming factors. I find him yeah. more redeeming than, uh, for example, George Washington. Mm. <laughs> and one of those, he, they were from Massachusetts, and they were deep abolitionists. So mm-hmm. when they moved into the White House, uh, the White House had been previously built and organized and run by George Washington's slaves. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's the history of the White House. <laughs> Anybody who tells you different is pushing something. Mm-hmm. It is built Just on listen slaves. Listen to Michelle Obama and her wise words of wisdom. She referenced it in a speech. I don't. It's oh, fine. Keep going. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, while they were living there in the president's palace at the time, the house was unfinished. In fact, the East Room, even though it was built out and plastered, hadn't had any windows put in yet. So Abigail Adams used that space to have her servants hang laundry. Mm-hmm. Now, that scene was very famously painted by Gordon Phillips in 1966 during the middle of the civil rights movement. And it shows Abigail Adams as a somewhat older person holding the hand of a young white grandchild, looks like a girl, and then mm-hmm. a, a black woman. She almost looks like she's like wearing what we think of as uh, mammy garb. She's hanging mm. the sheets across the East Room. And some people believe that this shows the oppression of, mm-hmm. you know, this this uh, white woman is making, is observing, watching, passively watching while a slave woman hangs heavy laundry. What they're missing from that is that one, Abigail Adams did not have any slaves. <laughs> Her family did not stand by that so when washington retired back to mount vernon he took all of his slaves all of his property with him back to mount vernon and new workers had to be brought in abigail adams could have used 30 workers within the white house but instead she made the house run with a staff of just four damn and yes some of them were black but they were all paid and did they mm. get paid a government stipend? Well, I don't know, did they? They did not. The oh. Adams had to pay for their servants all of their own pocket. So mm-hmm. had they stooped to convention and simply purchased slaves, a one-time fee, they would have had all the workers they needed for free. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, Mrs. Adams said she wasn't afraid of hard work. She would often go around and dust and clean and cook things. She was a simple Massachusetts farm wife, and she was not above doing these tasks. Yeah, because she's Laura fucking Lenny. She is Laura fucking Lenny. <laughs> the, she has a great quote here about how important liberty, true liberty, would have been to America and how slavery was going to eventually destroy the country, which hashtag it totally did. Wow. The quote is thus, quote, I have sometimes been ready to think that the passion for liberty cannot be equally as strong in the breasts of those who have been accustomed to deprive their fellow creatures of their liberty. Mm. Right? Mm. So she's, she's saying, if you're willing to have slaves, you're not really about democracy and liberty. You don't really believe in equality and freedom like you say you do. So Thomas Jefferson. Looking at you, Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson, in addition to being a uh, slaver, was also a rapist. And I do want mm. you to remember that. <laughs> now, Abigail Adams is actually also said to haunt the White House. Hell yeah, she is. She is seen moving through the hallways, headed towards the East Room, where she famously hung her wash. And her arms are awkwardly out in front of her, as though she is holding freshly cleaned large bed linens making mm. sure that they don't drag on the floor love it i know i love that too and i love that you know she could have been lounging or reading a book 
a walking through the rose garden. But mm-hmm. instead, she's fucking working, and she's working for her country. She was a goddamn badass. And the things that she did for women and for minorities in this country in early days will be remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm waxing poetic. Got yeah. a little political. Okay, so the White House was actually burned down in 1814 by the British. <laughs> fucking pain in the ass. Bold move. Bold, bold yeah. Bold move, guys. <laughs> when you lose the American Revolution and decide to come back and try again. <laughs> I gotta hand it to you. Yeah, really, truly oh. hand it to you. <laughs> So she burned during the war, uh, during the war of 1812, but it was in 1814. The South Portico, which is the round facade, mm-hmm. which we kind of think of as the front of the White House, but in fact yeah. it's not. It, that's just what you can see easily from the right. tourist parts. Whereas the North Portico, which does face Pennsylvania Avenue, that's that square colonnade facade mm-hmm. that was added in 1929. I'm sorry, the South Portico was added in 1824 by the original architect, Irish-born James Hoban. Teddy Roosevelt, that fucking badass, he oversaw a major renovation of the White House in 1902, which included the new location of the West Wing. It had formerly been the White House Stables and Greenhouse, but he expanded it. He also gave a name to the location. Again, it was previously called the President's Palace, Mm -hmm. the President's House, the executive mansion, but the White House was chosen by Teddy Roosevelt and was added to all of the stationery from the desks of the White House. Ooh, nice. Taft added the Oval Office in 1907, but the major renovation that we're truly uh, conscious of came under Truman uh, between 1948 and 1952. Mm-hmm. They had to gut the entire fucking White House. Oh, boy. The building at that point in time was 150 years old and had been renovated and remodeled. One of the things about White House history that most people don't understand is that any changes made to the White House by previous presidents, those presidents had to fund themselves. Hmm. There's a collection of White House China, and it was the fashion for first ladies to auction off the China in order to pay for mm-hmm. furniture and renovations and painting that the house needed. The government was not willing to tax the people unduly to support a beautiful White House. Now, today we have no problem with that. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, um, Well, under this president, I don't blame you. There's nothing I quite mean, exactly I feel, as Trump no, Tower. Okay, so I don't think that like the White House is really a super drain on our resources. It definitely is not. It is definitely not. It's more just like the, it's more the salaries of Congress people. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Other things that they're willing to pay for now that they probably didn't before. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I can absolutely appreciate where you're coming from there. But Congress is deeply overpaid for the amount of nothing that they do. So the beginning of the Truman renovation actually began when Margaret Truman's piano leg broke through the floor of her sitting room. Oh, no. Just plunged right through a joist. (laughs) Turned out all the joists uh, underneath her piano were rotted. And when they saw that, they were like, huh, I wonder what else is fucked up in this house. And so they (laughs) start going around and poking. (laughs) And boy, were they shocked to discover that the White House needed to be fucking evacuated. It could have fallen down at any goddamn moment. So when I say they gutted it, I really mean it. They took out everything except the exterior walls Mm -hmm. over the course of four years. They rebuilt it. The Mm -hmm. structure was very much appointed halfway between Hoban and Truman. But as we said before, the decorations and the decor and the settlement of the rooms wasn't done until Jackie O. Mm. Do you want to hear a fun story about when they gutted it? Yes, please. Thank you. So so, so at the, when Truman was president, um, a young Jerry Ford was congressman from, from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Woo. And he was, I think, on a... He was either like on a committee that was like doing working on this project or or he would just came to hang out. But either way, he like went to the White House and was like taken on a tour of the renovations by Truman himself. And through the course of that tour, Truman like handed him a chunk of 
the original building that was still charred from when they burned it in 1814. What? Yeah. Tell and me that he kept that. Of course he kept it because... Tell me that you got to touch it. Oh, I touched it. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> you can still see the burn marks on it. It's wonderful. And there's like a little label that says, oh, this was given to Congressman Ford on this date kind of a deal what the french toast <laughs> yeah i i touched it i took a picture of it uh, if i remember i'll put it up yeah so, please yeah. do that's super cool sorry man that makes me slick in the shorts just to think about that <laughs> oh that's really cool mm-hmm. so truman truman handled that renovation uh during his during the during the four years that the white house was unoccupiable uh he lived in a small mansion just a just a short hop hop and skip and a jump away and work continued throughout the house he was able to move back into the white house in 1952 so that truman renovation was 1948 to 1952 he had been in the white house already uh, and he would return to the white house after that time mm-hmm. well we, before the renovations happened or before uh, they realized that it was just about to fall off just a pile of matchsticks there was uh <laughs> the, the story goes on a lonely night in 1946 truman went to bed at 9 p.m that's a good bedtime yeah okay this is i i paused on this too because i was like 9 p.m huh not not having a not feeling too stressed out about your life there at 9 p.m not just done with the business of the day i don't know i just hear so many stories about how hard presidents work and like don't sleep at all and all that and i'm like well this guy <laughs> well he wasn't did. even paying attention enough to know that the fucking white house was falling down around his ears so yeah so I, uh, uh, a yeah. nice tidy bedtime at 9 p.m god i wish about six hours later he hears three knocks on his bedroom door which is a little alarming he he wrote this all down in a letter to his wife which is why we know about it and he wrote i jumped up and put on my bathrobe opened the door and no one was there he wrote he i went out and looked up and down the hall looked in your room and in margie's still no one i went back to bed after locking the doors there were footsteps in your room whose door i'd left open i jumped up and looked and no one there the damned place is haunted. Sure is shooting. <laughs> I love sure is shooting. The damned place is haunted. Sure is shooting. That should absolutely be our episode title. Oh my God. Yes. We gotta, right? <laughs> Thanks for that, Truman. Never write that down. That's, that's perfect. Oh man. Yeah. He, uh, he was quite, quite an interesting person. There's that's a lot of upheaval. So after that renovation, the White House was finally what we think of as completed, mm-hmm. and it had 132 rooms, mm-hmm. 35 bathrooms, 412 doors, 147 yeah. windows, 26 fireplaces, six staircases, and three elevators. Mm. Now, nice. if you go on a tour of the White House, which is actually damn difficult to do, if you're going to go on a tour of the White House, you actually have to write to your congressperson and get approved ahead of time yeah. to uh, kind of go through a security clearance to get onto a tour at a certain date and time. Uh, I went on one years ago. Oh, yeah. So these I was, are I was relatively new laws. Yeah. Okay. They are post 9-11. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah it used to. You could, just, you could just definitely go and get a ticket like you're going mm-hmm. on Splash Mountain. But mm-hmm. not, not today. It's not the case. Mm-hmm. So when you go, you're only actually allowed to see the public buildings, uh, the public parts, which does not include most of the West Wing or any of the residents. Mm-hmm. So one of the rooms that is part of the completed White House is actually the Lincoln bedroom, which mm-hmm. is America's most haunted bedroom. Yeah. So the Lincoln bedroom, again, you can't see it, but there are pictures of it online. It's a beautiful kind of... Um, light yellow Victorian wallpaper. It's got one of those fancy looking crown things above the bed. Mm-hmm. Lincoln actually never slept in that room. Uh, mm-hmm. They call it the Lincoln bedroom. And actually they also refer to it as the Lincoln suite because it includes a sitting room and a bathroom as well. Uh, nice. It, uh, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So the reason that they call it Lincoln is not because he slept there, but actually because he used that as his office and meeting room space. 
as well Ooh. as his formal bathroom. Yeah. So Lincoln <laughs> did pee there. <laughs> we have to remember that the Oval Office was not included in the White House until 1907. Right. So presidents previous to that had different rooms at different times being used as their offices. Mm-hmm. So the Lincoln bedroom has had a lot of very significant visitors. I'm just going to jump through to sure, sure. Uh, my two favorites. Mm-hmm. Just I've got three quick um, things here. In 1940, Winston Churchill was visiting the White House and mm. he exited the bathroom from his evening <laughs> constitutional. Yeah. Naked as the day he was born, wearing <laughs> nothing but a cigar. Oh, my God. That's a look. Right? I want everybody to take a moment. Remember what Winston Churchill looks like, and now picture him naked. (laughs) With a cigar. That is my gift to you. And you know, they never do say where that cigar is. Is it his mouth? Is it his hand? Is it somewhere else? That's Mm. up to your imagination. Just imagining a cigar (laughs) enema. Sorry. Yep. Uh... (laughs) Yep. Looking like a turd halfway through making an escape. Indeed. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> when he got into the main bedroom, who should he meet standing beside the fireplace mm-hmm. but Abraham Lincoln? Wow. Abraham Lincoln stood and looked at him, and according to Mr. Churchill, he said, Well, Mr. President, you find me at a disadvantage. And Lincoln disappeared. <laughs> Classic Churchill. That's right. Oh, my God. Two years later, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom. My motherland. <laughs> Indeed. When a knock came at the door, she rose from her bed, went to the door, opened it, and who should be standing there but Abraham Lincoln. Oh. Apparently, she shouted and fainted. Oh. Now, That's very good. Right? Just I, I so admire her ability to faint. I have never been a fainter. I, I think it takes a mm. special, like, especially polite brand of person to not shout, Oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> yep, that would have... And instead, just gracefully faint. <laughs> Good for her. That's breeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Queen Wilhelmina faints. In uh, the 1980s, President Reagan commented on that his dog would go into any room within the White House, but never mm-hmm. into the Lincoln bedroom. Hmm. Instead, he would just stand by the doorway and bark. Fascinating. Isn't that... Dog- dogs know all. Dogs fucking know yeah. Those are the scant stories that I collected. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are more. Oh. You might even have some. So, Jen, oh, I'm going to turn over the floor to you. Yeah. I might interject more history as we go through because mm-hmm. I'm a nerd and I know. You can't help yourself. I cannot help myself. Okay. Well, why don't we start back with Lincoln, the man himself? And I'm just going to touch on it briefly. I'm in case. I feel like we already probably did talk about this, but. His son, Willie, is, oh, it's well yeah. known. He died in the White House in 1862 at the age of 11 of likely typhoid fever. And so there were, there are reports of Lincoln seeing Willie and also of Mary Todd. There's there's a story about her waking up at the in the middle of the night to see Willie at the foot of her bed. So that's fun. I mean, it is yeah. Mary Todd. So right. you I never was going to say, she was hardcore crazy, so <laughs> grain of salt. But yeah. most people did not think Lincoln was insane. Yeah, so that's the one that kind of gives... I wonder, I mean, that might be one of the more personal ghost hauntings because I don't, I haven't heard of anyone else reporting about Willie. So that was, if, you know, that happened, that was probably just a more, like, family thing. But Mary Todd also did report hearing Thomas Jefferson play violin. How could she know? You have to wonder (laughs) how she knew it was Jefferson. She was like, is that... Is that a man I've never met? Thomas Jefferson playing a simple violin? <laughs> that violin could only be one man. <laughs> so I don't know. There's been other reports of Thomas Jefferson playing violin. I don't know if anyone's seen him and that's why they know it's Thomas Jefferson or if it's just like, well, he always did love to play the violin in that room. So it can only be. Right. How, who else could it be but Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. One that I'm pretty sure they could tell who it was, was she also r- reported to hear Andrew Jackson swearing. So <laughs> accurate. Uh, you know what? Probably. <laughs> that yeah. dude apparently had a mouth like a sailor. Like he could have outsworn yeah. us. 
Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, he would have been using, you know, like racial epithets. So, yeah, which is really just not our style. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. And also one more thing about Lincoln. Uh, he he's so he's like the most reported sighting of a ghost there. So like there are a lot. There's even more pic, um, stories of people seeing Lincoln. Uh, Grace Coolidge being one of them. Now, Grace Coolidge saw Lincoln. Yeah, apparently oh, wow. she saw him. Uh, she, this was in, published in a magazine. She she saw Lincoln looking out the window in what would have been his office. So what is now the Lincoln bedroom? There you go. There you go. But there also is a pattern to when people see him, and that is when the nation is kind of going through a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if there have been any recent sightings. But I mean, That's if you think about question. it. Winston Churchill in 1940, Wilhelmina in 1942. What's yeah. happening then? Yeah, I don't know about Grace Coolidge, except maybe women's suffrage. Okay. There was a huge amount of upheaval. All right, yeah. On top of that, uh, she would have been in the White House immediately after the ending of World War One. That's true. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of a hard time. Yeah. Also, with a country that is as um, hell bent on creating war as we are. Uh, we're kind of the author of our own problems in some of these ways. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Accurate. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see if any uh, sightings come out of this administration. I'm going to um, try and send an email and see if anybody responds. Has there been any sightings be some... of Lincoln? Yeah, there's actually a whole page of the White House website dedicated to ghosts, so... That's fun. Anyway, so moving on from from Lincoln, uh, we've we've done enough with him. So Jeremiah Jerry Smith started working at the White House during the Grant administration in the late 1860s as a footman. And he served as a footman, a butler, a cook, a doorman, and official duster until his retirement approximately 35 years later. And he was he was a good storyteller, so a lot of reporters wanted to hear a lot of like inside scoops about the White House as one does. And so he had several stories about seeing ghosts of Lincoln, Grant, McKinley, and several first ladies that are nameless. So there's that. And then not long after that was published, this one is a little weirder. In 1911, there was a sighting of a little known spirit that is still unidentified of a 15-year-old boy that is known as The Thing. Oh, I hate it. With the capital T. Really? But yeah. they know it's a 15-year-old boy? It's yeah, not like I an mean, amorphous blob or... Yeah, 15 is very specific. I don't know. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, this was so this was during Taft's administration. And his, get this, his military aide, Major Archibald Butt. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. How do you find these names for me? You've never heard of Major Archibald Butt? I have not, but I am thrilled to oh, be hearing about him now. I just remembered why I know him. He was on the Titanic. <sighs> of course he was. Well. <laughs> anyway, so this before... this be more perfect? This is right up our alley. <laughs> I think he died on the Titanic. He, I mean, he would have to. I'm going to Google it yeah. right now. Yeah, you should. Major Archibald Butt. I can't wait to... I'm not, I'm not doing search safe either. Yeah, so major, major butt would definitely be his. <laughs> yeah, if you were just going to refer to him, like introduce him to your friend, you'd be like, hey, this is Major Butt. <laughs> Wait, his name gets better. Okay, go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. First off, he's listed as an American journalism journalist by Wikipedia. Okay. His actual full name <laughs> is Archibald Willingham. DeGraffenried, Clarendon, but. No, what? That's yeah. so much. <laughs> Archibald Willingham, DeGraffenried, Clarendon, but. Mm. That's oh. amazing. My God. How is he not British? I, right? I mean, there's, he has to be. <laughs> Were his <laughs> or, parents British? Maybe. Uh, he was born 1865 in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and he died okay, April 15th, Georgia. 1912, it's... Atlantic o- or wait, Pacific or wait, yeah, wait, Atlantic wait, wait, wait. Ocean. Uh, take that name one more time, but with like a deep Southern accent. Okay. 
His name is Archibald Willingham de Graffenreed Clarendon Butt. And he died aboard the Titanic April 15th of 1912. Mm, Amazing. Yes. Yes. Amazing. That's good. Okay. So he was, he worked for um, President Taft. Major Butt was an aide to Taft. And he wrote to his sister Clara, the ghost, it seems. Oh, this is about the 15-year-old boy named the thing. The, thing. It, the ghost, it seems, is a young boy about 14 or 15 years old. They say that the first knowledge of one has of the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder as if someone were leaning over your shoulder to see what you might be doing. Oh, oh. That gave me the goosebumps. <laughs> President Taft ordered Butt to tell the White House staff that the first member to repeat stories about the thing would be fired. Oh, wow. <laughs> Keep it clamped down, does that, man. Does it count his good friend, Major Butt, or, <laughs> or nah? Anyway. So. I guess you can't really fire your friends. Can you? I don't know. Well, I've never tried. I don't know. We should have to take uh, that under advisement. I've never had that authority. <laughs> So way more recently, in in the aughts, in the in the naughties, you might say. Uh, Are you gonna the, really call them the naughty oddies? Is that uh, a thing you're gonna do right now? No, I'm not. I wasn't gonna go that far. Okay. Not quite that far. The Jenna and Barbara Bush, twin daughters of George W. Bush. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. living. Yeah, I. I basically forgot that they didn't, were there. I didn't really know they existed. Well, they were they were only there for a hot minute because they went off to college while gotcha. he was president. It was a very, I don't know, chasing liberty situation. Oh, good callback. Yeah, vintage Matthew yeah. Good before his face got all weird. Oh, I like no. his face. Yeah, it's not. I mean, he's kind of all slowly right. turning to tissue paper in front of me. I'm oh. not. I'm not mad about it. I'm still gonna put all that tissue paper in my mouth. But Ew. he's just different than he was. Don't you eat oh. me? <laughs> Tissue paper in your mouth. Okay, I'm but sorry. The, the point is that I would lick every single oh, part of Matthew Good. God. Okay. Honestly, On Jeff. that note. <laughs> Don't uh, make this d- weird. You're the one making this weird. You no, you made it real weird. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. So Jenna and Barbara Bush are in their bedroom, in their shared bedroom, which is very cute. <laughs> and Jenna's phone rings. Wait, is it um, like physically cute? Like it needs to be described or it's cute that they shared a bedroom? It's just cute that they shared a bedroom. Okay, yes, I agree. <laughs> large house with a lot of rooms. Yeah. Very Mary-Kate and Ashley. It's so, like, that's what I'm imagining, except they're about to go off to college, which is like... Also very Mary-Kate and it's Ashley. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God Elizabeth Olsen exists and is completely redeeming that family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, nighttime and they're asleep and Jenna's phone rang and she said, it woke us up in the middle of the night. We had a fireplace. There's no explanation for the phone ring in this story, so that's fine. But we had a fireplace in our room and all of a sudden we started hearing like... 1920s piano music clear as day coming out of the fireplace what yeah that's so weird yeah they couldn't figure it out so they're like whatever and then she says the next week we heard the same thing but opera really yeah yeah so that was basically it, but they, so they're, you know, talking about it, trying to figure out what happened and right. if they imagined the whole thing. And so they, they end up talking themselves out of that possibility until they talk to a White House staffer and they're just like telling her what, what happened, what they heard. And they're like, oh, it's probably nothing. She said to the staffer, buddy, you wouldn't believe what we heard last night. And he goes, oh, Jenna, you wouldn't believe what I've heard. Huh? So he's heard it too. I don't or or like other things. But oh my like, god! Yeah. I yeah. love that. I super mm-hmm. love that. I yeah. don't think you could pay me to sleep at the White House. I think I'd be too jittery. Mm. I I would. I, I, I mean, maybe I don't know. You have to remember, like, I everybody's like, oh, Kate, you know, she's brave. She dabbled in the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and dabbling in the stuff gave me a real healthy appreciation for staying the fuck out of the stuff. Yeah. 
like, I feel like I, we're kind of opposite in that way, where it's like I haven't had. I'm still the like dumb white person in no, the horror no, movie. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> that's I don't know. It's <laughs> it's not a dumb white person. You like still hanker for proof, whereas yeah, like I've been me. adequately proved. I I I have satisfactory evidence for my needs. And uh, I don't need any more evidence, and I'm not seeking out any more evidence. I would just right. like to be left alone, please. Well, I also feel like that's one of those haunted places where it's, like, not that spooky. You I know? Don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would... The the jury's still out about the Lincoln bedroom, if I would ever want to stay in there. But, right. Because I don't like... Okay, so I I still have that yearning for proof. But I also don't want it happening while I'm at my most vulnerable. Yes, in my that's sleep valid. time. That's completely valid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see if my talk is ever as if you know. We'll see if I can ever actually do something like that. I would be very interested in that experience for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, pass. <laughs> okay. Good to know. So that those are like the stories of people um, seeing things, but there are still a couple ghosts that have like frequent sightings that are just kind of in the canon of White House ghosts. Uh-huh. So uh, we mentioned uh, like David Burns, Abigail Adams, Lincoln. There's also, speaking of Lincoln, Annie Surratt, who is the daughter of Mary Surratt, who the was conspirator? convicted and um, yep, put to death for, yep, for playing a role in Lincoln's assassination. She is heard knocking on the front doors of the White House, pleading for her mother's release and her life. Ah, fat chance, Annie. Yeah. So, I mean, well, it didn't work out for her mom. So I guess there's that. So Abigail Adams is seen doing laundry in the East Room. Mm-hmm. Dolly Madison is has uh, shown up in the Rose Garden. She oh. was She was very fond of... She, I think she created the Rose Garden. She was just very into the, like, landscaping and making everything look yes. nice. And she's not... I, th- I think there might only be, like, one reported sighting of her, but this was during the Wilson administration uh, when they were thinking about planning to move the Rose Garden. And she showed up basically to be like, no. Bitches, don't <laughs> be touching my flowers. Don't touch them. They are mine. Don't do it. I guess haunting the Rose Garden isn't the worst thing. Yeah, that sounds kind of nice. Yeah, it's nice. There have been sightings of British soldiers walking the hallways, which I think is awesome. Right before they set the place on fire? Exactly. Cunts. Yeah. 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 Well, now they're doomed to walk those halls forever. That's right. be like, ah, fuck, it's still up. You fucking failed. Damn. And then uh, William Henry Harrison, uh, who was the first U.S. president to die in office... Uh, because he was a fucking idiot and didn't wear a coat and got pneumonia and died after right. being in office for one month. And so now he is said to haunt the White House attic where he's heard rummaging around. <laughs> no one knows what he's looking for. And his ghost either refuses to leave or just can't. He's he's <laughs> looking for a treasure map on the back yeah. of the, the Declaration of Independence. Declaration. <laughs> Find it. Also, apparently, legend says that Harrison was cursed after army troops under his command killed Tecumseh, a Shawnee leader in the War of 1812. So maybe that's why. I and like that. If that's the case, then I guess he fucking deserved it. Yeah. So, Peace in your crease, buddy. There you go. There's <laughs> white men, white people are freaked out. By <laughs> so you just like, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting the ghost of something in the fucking White House. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it's they appear to be everywhere. And I guess like it really makes sense considering how much history has happened around that place. Yes. And on top of that, how many people uh, who are either in the building or not in the building putting energy into that place? Uh, and also looking at Lincoln, you know, we, we didn't touch on this. Why was Lincoln the one who is haunting the White House the most. He died, he was murdered, you know? We we yeah. know, we've discussed before that murder victims often result in a ghost. Well, I say often. I don't really know what the hard statistics are on that. 
uh, but it's more likely. We also have that he had a very traumatic life. Um, He lost his son. He lived in poverty. He had an insane wife. He was president during the bloodiest war uh, Mm -hmm. on American soil, and he was deeply unpopular, threatened regularly. Mm. I mean, no wonder, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So things like that are, I think it makes perfect sense that the White House should be haunted for reasons such as those. Right. Hmm. Well, someday. Someday when when we're presidents. Someday when, yeah, when we're presidents. (laughs) Co-presidents. We would be amazing co-presidents. You could be the president and I'll be the vice president because... You are much better in front of a camera than I am. Oh, God, and, that's uh, so... I, I've never wanted anything less than to be president. <laughs> that's actually a really good sign that you should have the job. Because a little bit I want the job, I should not have it. Yeah. You know, that's the mm. the mark of a leader is one who does not want to be there. Huh. But does it I'm anyway. I'm just going to let that settle in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like Jake from that's... Animorphs. He didn't want to be the leader of the Animorphs, but the Animorphs needed a leader. Oh my god. Out of all of the things in all of literature and history you could have cited. First of all, I don't recognize any literature or history that is not the Animorphs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) One of of my first crushes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, not first. There was a long line. But one of my biggest crushes in this world was mm-hmm. on Tobias, the fictional character stuck in the body of a hawk. Oh, my God. That's a real sentence I just said to you. That is some truth about me was and my it, life. Was it him in, in, what's his name? Tobias. Was it him in Tobias form or was it him in hawk form? Jen, it was this is the important. mind behind the bird. So it was the bird. But, like, I loved him before he got stuck in a morph. <laughs> oh, right. he got stuck? He, yeah. He, you can't stay longer than three hours in a morph. Oh, I'm so sorry. I should have known. Yeah. Fucking ignorant swine. He got stuck as a red-tailed hawk forever. Uh, or at oh least God. when I say forever, uh, until book 35 when I stopped reading them. But I yeah, used who, to belong to a knows? club. I was Uh part of the Animorphs book club. They sent me three books a month Mm. and uh, a bunch of little swaggity swags here and there. Wow. I was, when my three books would arrive, I would lock myself in my bedroom and forbid anyone from speaking to me or addressing me until those three (laughs) books were finished. My parents, I can't believe my parents let me get away with that. I honestly, I mean, it was a day of silence. They could have one day of quiet. That and you weren't off doing drugs. So it's like, yeah. This was pre-drugs. This was circa 11. Like, not not 2011, like age 11. I meant that like more metaphorically, but you know. Okay. Right. Yeah. I have to be a little more literal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Animorphs. Loved them dearly. Did you ever read those books? I didn't, but uh, my brother was a big fan and had nearly all of them. So I'm sure he'll be very excited to uh, discuss his opinions and thoughts. If about he still has them. them and they need a home, I <laughs> you're looking. <laughs> I completely regret every day of my life. <laughs> I sold them when I was 16 to have mm-hmm. money to go to cheer camp of all things. Well, that sounds about what that would. It sounds like that's what selling all your Animorph books would buy you. Right. A four-day weekend at cheer camp. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Remind Where me did post- you come up with the rest of the money for cheer camp? Oh, I sold, we sold a bunch of shit. We had oh, a big old yard sale. And yeah, I think I we made washed say. cars, too. I can't That's remember. not just Animorphs money. <laughs> I had a lot of Animorphs books, Jen. And I had a bunch of, um, like, I had the book, the, the custom bookends that were given to all the club mm-hmm. members. And everything was in pristine condition. I didn't even Fancy. break the spines. Uh, so, <sighs> just so you know, I'm quite the super fan. Oh, my God. I'm going to go hang myself. Um, <laughs> on that note. On that note. <laughs> should we uh, wrap yeah. this up? We should, we should totally wrap this up now that we have uh, told all my embarrassing secrets. Uh, <laughs> tell, us, uh, uh, tell us in the Facebook group which Animorphs person, animal, is your favorite. Because I mean, that's a thing everyone can relate to, <laughs> right? 
I bet you it is. There were a lot of us out there. All there right. were a lot of Animorph kids out there. Yeah. That or, or, you know, just whatever weird children's book you were, like, way too into. Uh, We're going to end this fucking show uh, before we get wild now. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Jeff, good luck with your studies. Thank you. The next time we record, I'm going to be a year older, so... Bless. Yeah. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you in advance. The old lady. I know. 31. (laughs) I'm kind of weirded out by it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We're all going to die someday. That I've accepted. (laughs) All right. Uh, on that <laughs> cheering note, peace in your crease, kid. Uh, find us on the social medias. Um, you know, Haunted Pod. This podcast is haunted. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, you all, know, those, fancy all those things. I just don't feel we don't have time for a story today. But oh, good. I was just remembering that. <laughs> yeah, if you do. Yeah, I was like, and this is my next line. And I realized that we didn't do the thing. But I'm so sorry. I'm so stressed out. I need yeah. to do homework. Sorry, um, guys. As we'll, a birthday we'll gift to me them. and a grad and a and end of semester gift to Jen, we're gonna wrap this up quick. Uh, yeah. Jen, say the thing and get us out of here. Um, what if you do want to email us? Uh, it's this podcast is haunted at gmail and we'll get to that later. But until then, stay spooky, motherfuckers. Beautiful. Bye. Bye. Once again, this podcast is haunted is brought to you by Studio Headphones. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the podcast addict in your life, or for you, I'm not I'm not here to judge. You can get stuff for yourself. Anyway, look no further than Studio's fantastic selection of headphones that feature crystal clear sound and sleek Scandinavian design. Seriously, these babies are gorgeous. Go look at them. Pick up a wireless set of earbuds like the Trey. Vasa Bla or Neva, or go all out with the Studio Regents, over-ear headphones that are guaranteed to make people say, hey, where'd you get those sweet headphones? Head over to studio.com, pick out your favorite pair, and enter promo code HAUNTEDHOLIDAYS, that's Haunted Holidays with no space, at checkout for 15% off your entire order, plus free shipping, what's not to love? You'll get a sweet deal, and you'll do us a favor by letting them know we sent you. Happy spooky holidays!